Welcome to the Accepted Authority podcast, where we help you solve a common growth challenge. And as always, with me is Greg Roweth. G'day, Greg. G'day, Andy. I'm really excited about uh, what we're talking about today. Absolutely. Um, I'm Andy Marmont as well. Now, today we are going to be speaking about uh, a topic that keeps coming up with in a lot of conversations that we're having at the moment, and that's that's about uh, how to sell more effectively to non-referral-based leads because what we're seeing is it's so when 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 typically when you're getting referrals, the conversion rate is high. That's because they're already warmed up and 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 so to me it's a slightly different level of opportunity versus a completely cold one when you're starting to do some marketing and there's going to be a, a drop there and and what what we've identified is that there's there's an area to focus on when we want to improve that both that conversion rate and also how we approach those sorts of sales conversations so uh greg we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat about that and i think uh it's going to be really worthwhile to just go a bit deeper with the idea of what what do these buyers want in this landscape and how do they approach sales conversations because it's very different to even sort of three or four years ago so maybe we'll start with a bit of context Greg. yeah tell us about what why do you think this is important you know how to sell without being salesy if you like yeah no so yeah i think very common for um consultants to to be in a well in the service professions i guess across the board, you know, we're here to serve and uh, we have solutions that we sell. Um, So when we get an opportunity and uh, identify that our client has a problem, it's a pretty natural instinct for us to go into a sales mode. Like here's, yeah, I can solve that problem for you. Here's how we do that. But, you know, that may be fine when you're talking to a referred lead because they're pretty much already at that point. They've got a a reasonable amount of knowledge generally about who you are and what you do and what problems that you solve because they've come in with that trust that's been referred by the person that sent them. So we can go into that, yeah, I can solve that problem, here's how we do it, and they're fairly receptive and we typically get a, a very high conversion rate on that. But when you operate in that mode to a non-referred lead, they lack all of that foundational trust, the the knowledge of who we are and what we do and and what problem we solve. So when we go into that sales mode um, of explaining what we do and how we can solve their problem, without the trust there, it actually creates resistance and they feel, feel pressured because they start to feel like we're selling them and then they back off and create that sales resistance that's often there. Anytime there's any pressure around that sales process, doesn't matter what what it is, but as consultants, we're we're going to um, cop the brunt of that as well if that's the approach we take. So what's the impact of of going in with that mindset about not actually... um... Going straight into solution mode, Greg, without having mm. if it is completely cold, you know, we pick up yeah. a lead through our website, for example. So yeah. what what yeah. what what mindset or what approach should we be adopting? Well, I think you know, when we do adopt that sales approach or 
you know, it, it's a very um, natural approach. You know, it's a natural way that we we operate. So the problem with that is that you know, the creating that resistance means that we need to start convincing the person that they need our services. We need to justify what we do, justify why our process works. We need to be selling in that you know, justification, um, logical sense of, you know, here's how we're doing it. This is why this service works best for the problem you have. So we're doing all the talking. We're doing all of the input and, and really it's a very difficult job, particularly for people where sales is not their full-time role, mm-hmm. um, you know, unless you're really good at selling. Um, and it's a full-time role. Sometimes you, you can have the gift of the gab, as they say, and that gets through. But for most of us consultants who we're not born salespeople, um, we're going to come unstuck more times than not because we're just trying to convince and we're building up resistance and creating objections that, you know, the clients are going to go away and say, oh, yeah, well, let me think about that or you know, send me a proposal, you know, all of those put-offs that uh, are really just, yeah, the end of a process more often than not. Um, so it's really counterintuitive to think, well, we'll sell without trying to sell. You know? And we actually create more trust and uh, a more receptive um, client when we don't try to sell them. But when we show interest in them, when we focus more on their problem and their situation than on what we're trying to sell. So trying to sell without selling means that when a client mentions the problem they're having, instead of going into that I can solve that problem mode, it's backing off and asking more questions around that. So tell me more about that. What's the impact of that situation? And really throwing it back to them to explain more about it. And when that happens, they start to feel like you're interested in them. You're more concerned about them solving the problem than you selling your services. Mm. And it just sets up a better foundation for that conversation. Yes. And I, I, that's a, it's a great way of explaining it, Greg. I think the transformation for me was when I didn't really have a sales process, I would someone would call me and I would just sort of bumble my way through a conversation and and there was no real strategy. But I can tell you that since I adopted uh, a similar approach to what you're saying there, where it's really about, you know, 90% them, 10% Mm. me. So it's really understanding about their business. It's understanding what they think the problem that they solve is Mm. You know, it's understanding about their vision and, and what they want to achieve and, and and also the roadblocks. Like to me, that's a that's a real big part mm. of it. You know, get them to self-diagnose what's missing or broken that's stopping you from achieving that goal. And why is that? What what's particularly challenging about about that? About and if you're not able to do that in a time frame, then what impact would that have? I feel like sort of going a bit deeper with that and then obviously understanding, well, there's the vision over here, but where are you now? So it's really about, as an example, you know, for a lot of project type work or, or pieces of work, it's getting to articulate the, the vision, where they mm. want to get to, their aspiration, but also, well, where are we now? And then there's mm. that gap that you really want to sort of talk about and understand 
and it's mm. not uh, it's not for us to 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 right. um, point that out. It's really about getting that self realization, which is I think what you're talking about there, Greg. It's that's, that's right. Well, really, you know, to sell without selling, we have to create. Well, we we don't have to create it, but a desire has to be created in the client's mind and in their their heart, their emotions to change. You know, they they have to have that motivation to change from where they are to have the possibility of achieving the goals they want. Yes. So so when they're the ones that are spelling out to us what their challenges are, you know, what their goals are, what's the gap between and where to, what are the roadblocks that are preventing them from getting there, they're actually building up that problem in their own mind and expressing to us the fact that they don't have the solution, but they want a solution. You know, so they're the ones doing the selling. You know, we don't have to sell to them in that. All we have to do is draw out that desire and get them to express that desire and ultimately come to the point where they ask, can you help me? And it's at that point that then you say, well, I mean, based on what you've said, I think I can. And would yes. you like me to explain how we can achieve that? And, you know, so you get permission from them to enter that sales dialogue rather than trying to convince them. So yes. it's really... I think that's what you, you've, what you the said. That helps. Um, yes, no, I, I totally agree, Greg. I think what, what we're saying there is by framing it up front, the conversation as well, mm-hmm. That, that to yes. me, that's also something that's really helped me. So people know that, you know, it's going to be 10 or 15 minutes of your time, whatever time frame you want to put it on, um, mm. you know, we'll go through and we'll, I just want to know more about your business and see if or how I can help. Yeah. And if I can't, I'll let you know. And if I can, we'll book mm. a longer call. Doing something like that just takes mm-hmm. the pressure off you, but also takes the pressure off them to think, oh, you know, I'm going to be pitched to here. And it's yeah. no one, no one likes to be pitch to but they do they're there because there's obviously some sort of a compelling event and it's usually around the fact they do have a problem so um and to share a quick story around that i i i had a cold lead so someone found me online and they set up a meeting and um the first meeting was with the uh, the associate it wasn't with the business owner but the second meeting was and um we went through our process and at the nearing the end, you know, I always like to switch roles and say, so where do you want to take it from here? And mm-hmm. they, um, the, the, the response was, oh, well, can you tell me about why we should use you and, and, and almost mm-hmm. do the sales pitch? And I sort of thought, mm-hmm. are people so wired the fact that they're being, <laughs> they're being <laughs> sold to all the time? It's almost like they're, they're expecting it. So almost That's to right. have that have that traction mm-hmm. and, and going with that, with that lens, which we've talked about before in this podcast mm-hmm. is, if you can differentiate yourself by simply being there to be a problem solver, whether it's mm-hmm. you or whether it's someone else, it is irrelevant because they will remember this. They will remember the experience sometimes more than the actual outcome. So this That's this right. client that uh, was not a client, but he went through a process with me. Mm-hmm. I sort of said, "Look, it's not going to be the right fit," and we we both sort of yep. came to that conclusion. Um, mm. I offered a, an alternative, someone who I know that um, could, you know, within a, a space that they were looking at in the future. And so they feel like I've, I've helped them professionally, which mm. is what we do in consulting mm-hmm. and what we do in sales, right? We, we help people professionally right. to solve a problem. Yep. So 
yeah, by kind of removing yourself emotionally, as mm. in emotionally, removing yourself from the outcome and actually saying, well, I've got someone live in front of me who's mm. wanting to solve a problem. I offer these sorts of services. Um, I want to go through a process to understand if you do, if you are the right sort of fit. And if not, you know, mm. I can re- refer you to Bob over here. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a powerful mm. thing, isn't it? That mindset That's and right. that, that approach. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, yeah, knowing that we are here to serve in the best way possible and not being attached to the sale. You know, as yes. We, we don't have to win the sale. Uh, to be of value, and uh, but yes. I think you know another yes. aspect that occurred to me as you were, were talking is you know I've had the conversation a couple of times this week where clients have talked to me about the sales process and where they say, well, what happens when um, a cl- potential client has initiated the call and they they control the conversation by saying, you know, here's here's my problem, you know, <laughs> how can you fix it? Um, you know, and the pressure is on, <laughs> you know, in that situation. And um, my advice is not to not to play the game, you know, not to not to be the servant. You know, in other words, yeah. you know, they they address you as a servant, as a service provider. They're like, here's my problem. How can you serve yeah. me? Um, don't play that game. You know, adopt the role of the authority straight away and say, yeah. well, before I can tell you. Know how I can solve that problem. I need to know a bit more about you. I need to have more information. So, do you mind if I ask you some questions so that we actually see if you have a problem that I can solve? And then, if it's appropriate, we'll talk about yes. how I can so- solve that problem for you. So, yeah, yeah, taking control of the conversation and bring it back into your process rather than the buyer's selling, uh, you know, buyer's buying process. You know, you yes. either and you take control of that process yourself or you're under their control. Um, you know, there's only one place to be <laughs> if you want to make sales. Oh, and it's not a good feeling, you know, going through that. I've had experience like that where they, mm. in fact, I, I got a note the other day, I, you know, going through and doing my uh, my activity and someone replied back and they said, oh, um, oh, look, I've got a brief. I'll send it to you and see if you can solve. Mm. And it's exactly what you're just saying there. And so I replied to say, hey, you know, great. Look, appreciate that. Um, uh, but, you know, I think it'd be really useful if we jump on just a quick call to yeah. understand if I how and, and learn more. And, mm. yeah, you, you definitely don't want to be in that situation where maybe the, the client's used to just, you know, delegating yeah. or, or, or having that situation. But, yeah, you, you really want to protect your, as you say, your status. You're, you're mm. coming in that you're being, you're, you know, you're highly valued in what you do. Um, mm. You get to choose who you work with. That's the other thing. You, That's you're, right. not, you're not having to say yes to everyone. You get to constantly choose the sort of people that you want to work with, what the mindset as well. Like for me, it's a really big thing around mindset. Um, mm. Are they do they are they abundant in thinking? Are they are they sort of in scarcity? Are they are they just looking at cost? Um, mm. Are they someone who we can have a, a you know who are sort of coachable if you like and and have a, yep. a long term relationship, mm. or do they just want someone to uh, sharpen their pencil as I've heard it a few times being put you know who, right. who's the <laughs> what kind of price can you do it for me it's like well no actually so, That's so right. maybe so maybe to wrap this 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 conversation up Greg yeah so what what we're saying there is um you've just got to think about how you approach these conversations because that's going to make the difference mm-hmm. isn't it between getting that's right 
good sales, but also good customers that actually, you you know, there's a, there's a mutual fit there. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think you covered it pretty early in the conversation when you said you used to not have a sales process. Now, now you do. Um, yeah, a lot of consultants don't really have a sales process. They just go in and wing it and um, hope that, you know, by convincing and, and you know, saying enough words, <laughs> the client's going to say yes. But, um, you know, it really is important to have your sales process, know what you're trying to achieve. You know, have several points in that process where you're establishing benchmarks or, you know, putting a, a stake in the ground that you've achieved that. Now, what's the next step? And really knowing what your goals are in each of those phases. And yes. don't yeah. move on until you've reached that goal. And in fact, if you can't reach that goal, it could be appropriate to end the call because you're never going to make a sale. And yeah. having no, no attachment to the outcome in terms of yes. sale. You're, you're, and, and I think when it comes to that situation where the client's saying, here's my problem, you know, give me a proposal or tell me how you're going to solve that, <laughs> it's... Or actually, you know, this is a two-way street. I'm not just here about the sale. You know, that's not my main concern. Yeah, if it's appropriate, then I'm happy to to you know, sell to you. But first of all, we need to know, is it a problem that I am interested in solving? Are you a person I'm interested in working with? And then we have a basis of a relationship that we can move forward on. Well, you've, you've said it so beautifully, Greg. So, um, yeah, that's great advice. and. I know that I got a lot, a lot out of what you've just said there around how to frame conversations that are sort of going the different way. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so we might wrap it up there, Greg. But as mm-hmm. always, um, where can we find you online if we want to know more? Yeah, well, definitely look for me on LinkedIn. Just do a search for Greg Roworth. And uh, my website is businessflightpath.com. Fantastic. You can find me at Andy Marmont on LinkedIn. And the company website is concurve.com.au. This has been the Accepted Authority. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you.